to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Well, hey, friends, and welcome to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm your co-host, Julie Graham. And I'm Darlene Brock, and we're really excited about today, Julie. Recently, we have introduced a new thing at the Grit and Grace Project called Her Story. We did. We've always been a place for strong women and those who want to be, but adding the feature of Her Story to our online magazine was an intentional choice to create a safe place for women to share their more vulnerable or harder seasons of life hoping that it would bring encouragement and inspiration and even relatability to other women facing hard things. Well, and I think that's true. We've seen it to be true in every one of these that we've put out so far because there's nothing that encourages you more than to see she dealt with this and she got through it. It was hard. It was challenging. But look at where she is now. And so because of that, we thought we would bring one of those stories to the podcast. Absolutely. We hope that you've had a chance to read her story. But if not, of course, we'll link to it in the show notes. But we have with us today our friend and recent writer at the Grit and Grace Project, Shannon Barbosa, who is going to be strong and brave and share her story with us today. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, Shannon, when we first heard from you and you actually submitted your original story to us, I was thrilled. I was heartbroken on your behalf. I was, as a mother, I related to it in a pretty challenging way. But the first thing that you introduced to us at the Grit and Grace Project was the fact that you lost a son in what, 2013? Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. He was 18 years old. Tell us a little bit about that moment in time? So our son was 18 years old, our firstborn. Um, He had just recently graduated from high school and got accepted into Bryant University, which is a school for business. Uh, He got a $27,000 a year scholarship just on academics. Amazing, brilliant kid. Wow. Um, Yeah, he went to school. He was there for seven weeks. Um, In the seven weeks, him and I got together 10 times. Because I am that mom. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> so what? He didn't yeah. say quit coming or what? He didn't say that. He and I had a tight, tight bond, um, super close, grew up together. We'll get into more of that later. But um, seven weeks into school campus, um, he was in a car accident. Uh, he and his friends were driving around on campus late at night, looking at all the fall foliage. He had just actually taken me back in those woods, um, maybe two weeks before when I went to see him for lunch. He's like, mom, you have to see this beautiful foliage. And there was just a lot of windy, dark roads. And, Mm. um, his friend was driving, he dropped his cell phone. He went to pick up his cell phone and, um, they hit a tree. So sorry. So sorry, and cannot imagine that. That's always been something that's terrified me, losing a child. I think it's something that terrifies every mom. Um, I I definitely think it's something that is our worst fear, our worst nightmare. You know, um, when we got to the hospital, he was still alive. So, of course, we were holding out so much hope, and and we were putting up prayers to God and just like, Lord, you know, this is going to be your miracle. We've been trained for this. We've battled for this our entire lives. Um, as we became Christians as young 19, 20 year old kids, you know, first thing we really, really faced in this capacity. And, um, we were believing 
for the outcome of him coming home with us. However, you know, that did not happen. He, he did pass six hours later. And we're so sorry for your loss and appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, but we know that the story of, you know, finding out you were pregnant with your son um, is a completely full story in itself. So will you take us back to yeah. when you first learned you were pregnant with Cristiano? Absolutely. So my husband and I, um, we both came from, you know, crazy backgrounds. Our parents were, both of our parents were addicted to some sort of something. Um, my mom was an alcoholic and a drug user. Um, his parents were both addicted as well um, to drugs. And both of our dads, my husband's name is Chris, Chris and I's dads both left. Mine left when I was about two. Chris's dad was never really in the picture at all. Um both subjected to like, you know, either stepdad or mom's boyfriend in my case. Um, so we gravitated toward one another in a very dysfunctional way. Um, at 14 years old, we were in a hot and heavy relationship in every sense of the word, mm -hmm. um, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally. And it was very chaotic um, because obviously no one at 14 years old really has the capacity to even be in a relationship. So, you know, neither one of us were ready for a hot and heavy relationship. However, that didn't stop us. Our hormones definitely got the best of us. Um, and we just began uh, spending every waking moment together that we could. Again, um, dysfunctional, though. Lots of fighting, lots of breaking up, getting back together. Um, just lots of hurt that we both had in us. And, you know, they say that hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say that's a choice on our behalf. But when you're 14 and you're hurting, you do hurt people, you know? So we found out I was pregnant and immediately, um, he was supportive, like very right away. He's like, okay, you know, we're going to do this, we're, we're going to be together on this. And then literally like within a week or two, he had completely removed himself from my life. And that, that is perfectly understandable. I mean, you were what, four, 15 when you found out you were pregnant, right? Yes. And okay. he was 16. And so, he was 16. Yeah. Emotional preparedness for an unexpected child at any age, I can't imagine, but without the support of a healthy parental relationship or at least maturity, it had to have fallen apart. So what did you do? Well, when he left, I was really confused. Um, I really thought that we had something special. So I was like, what's going to happen? Um, I was very scared. Obviously I had not told my mom yet. I really tried to keep it from her at all costs to the point where she finally just said, I have a feeling you're pregnant. And I hadn't even told her that I was having sex at this point. So, um, we went to the doctor and I convinced my OBGYN to please give me a prescription for birth control pills so that I could hide it from my mom even longer. I was so scared. Um, so then finally she just ended up figuring it out and basically said, you know, if you keep this baby, you have to move out. She kicked me out of the house. As you're talking, I'm just thinking, I wonder what the state of your relationship with your mom was like at this point. I mean, was she supportive of your relationship with Chris before she suspected you were pregnant or was there really no oversight in that? And she kind of let you come and go as you pleased. Tell me a little bit more about those dynamics, because it sounds like, you know, you were kind of left to do as you wanted. And that's part of how you ended up where you were. Yeah, I think from a young age, my mom put a lot of responsibility on me. I was the oldest. So my mom would go out a lot to local bars or just um, even take off for days at a time. And I was kind of solely responsible for my younger siblings. So 
I had a lot of resentment towards my mom that I didn't realize until later on in life. Um, so my mom was not supportive in the beginning of Chris and I's relationship. Actually, um, our very, Chris's very first encounter with my mom, she came to a house cause she heard that I was there. It was a neighborhood house and I was laying on Chris's lap. We were all watching movies. I had never even kissed him at this point. Um, she walked into the house and she lost her mind. She literally attacked him. She scratched his neck, was like, oh. yeah, off my daughter. And, um, it was insane. Like literally what had to go to court for it and everything. Goodness. So she was not supportive at all <laughs> in the beginning. So then when she kicked you out of the house, when she found out you were pregnant, where did you go, Shannon? What did you do? What does a child, literal mm-hmm. child that is pregnant with another child, what do you do? So she um, kicked me out and I called my aunt, who was her sister, and I asked if I could live there. And um, my aunt did take me in. Mm-hmm. Um it was, you know, not uh, an environment for a pregnant person. I was sleeping on a couch. Um, we did, there wasn't a lot of food. There wasn't a lot. I'm so grateful that she took me in obviously, but there just wasn't a lot of resource for me. Um, I was very, very, very sick. I was throwing up, um, so much so that I began to throw up bile. I could not hold anything down. I could not ride in a car without stopping to throw up many times. Um, my body was just a hot mess. I, I got severe acne, all over my face. Um, I just felt very alone and, you know, going to the same high school as baby daddy him walking by me and acting like he didn't know me. So now I don't have my mom. I don't have him. I'm just very alone. So Shannon, you know, you're obviously young, but you're smart enough to know you've missed a period that you, uh, something you're having sex. So baby could be there. What did you do to find out if you were indeed pregnant or not? What was the steps you took as a very young teenager? So I walked into a place that I had heard of from some other older people that I knew that had gone through um, pregnancy or just um, even just to get needs for condoms, whatever. Like I walked into this place that I had heard about, didn't know anything about it really, just that they would give me a free pregnancy test. And I walked in and I said, I, you know, I need a pregnancy test. I think I'm pregnant. And we just sat down and we waited and it was just, I remember the atmosphere just being so dark, so dingy. I looked around the room and I was like, everyone just looked so broken. Like nobody, it just wasn't a joyous thing. Like I wasn't in there going, Oh, you know, like everyone's happy to be pregnant. Everyone who was there was just, everyone was somber, broken, sad, um, So yeah, so I waited for the results and then Chris and I, Chris did come with me to that appointment. We got called into a room and we were given our options. Um, I was told I was pregnant. We were given our options, which mostly included, um, you can abort the baby. You can terminate your very, you know, your very new pregnant if you've only missed one period. And then, you know, adoption even came up. Um, but keeping the baby wasn't even something that they brought to me. It was something that I said, well, what about us keeping the baby? You know, like they didn't even go over that with me until I brought it up. Well, and the reality is any adult, whether they're at Planned Parenthood or not, would go, you're just a child. The thought of you keeping a child is not only difficult, but it's near impossible. So it's not surprising someone would would counter that, but how did you react to that? So immediately I knew that I wanted to have this baby. Um, I knew that I wanted to keep this baby. Um, I was so deathly afraid of telling my mom, as I mentioned. So there were all those factors that 
I didn't really know what it was going to look like. I didn't really know how I was going to keep this baby or how I was going to keep this baby without my mom ever finding out. Like I literally in my 15 year old mind thought, okay, maybe I can just not tell her until Mm -hmm. I have the baby, you know? And what about Chris? What did he want? Right away. Um, he just, we walked outside and he gave me a hug and he said, we're going to be okay. And he wanted to keep the baby. Um, that's the, that's what he said. And, you know, like I said, those first couple days, that first week, we talked a lot, he was supportive. And then all of a sudden he just was like, I can't do this. Um, he had talked to a few of his friends and they were like, you don't want to be tied down with the same girl for the rest of your life. This is crazy. However, he did say to me that if I was to abort, that he would never talk to me again. Wow. Okay. Mixed signals. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) So then you were at your aunt's house, you were pregnant, not feeling well. Did you re-engage with your mother at any point? I did. To be honest with you, um, even though my mom had all of her issues, I just wanted my mom, you know, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be embraced. I wanted someone to tell me that everything was going to be okay. Even living at my aunt's house, it just felt so temporary. It felt so um, like it wasn't a solution. I'm like, I can't raise this baby on my aunt's couch, you know? So um, I finally had, my mom had been contacting me through my aunt, my aunt's landline. And she was saying to me, like, you need, you know, you need to abort this baby. You can't keep this baby. I made an appointment for you. This is what I want. And, and I was just so like, I know this is crazy, but so grateful that she was even talking to me that I was kind of entertaining her, I guess. Um, And I was like, okay, I'll meet you at this place so that we can meet up and then I'll sleep over and then we'll go the next day and we'll get the abortion. And was pretty much everyone in your life wanting you to abort the baby? There was nobody besides, yeah, there was nobody besides Chris and like one of my best friends who were like, you can do this. You can keep the baby. Um, no, everyone thought it was probably a better option for me to abort. It's understandable when women are faced with this, whether they're teenagers or not. The decision is hard because raising a child on your own, no matter what age, it's not an easy thing. It's not, you know, it's not an easy task Mm -hmm. and it alters your life. So you know, I want to always be sensitive to women who have made that decision. Yeah. yeah. And, and although, you know, we really do believe every single life is valuable, I understand why life can look like there's no way I can do this. There's no way I can have this baby. Yeah. I can understand that too, especially when the people you love the most, whether, you know, they're fit or not, the people that are in your life to oversee you or impart in you and and they're telling you like, you can't do this. I mean, the temptation was, was definitely there and it was definitely real. And I think honestly, for me, it was just, I started to just really envision this life growing inside of me. And I started to really envision, you know, this, this love. It was like, I, I immediately and automatically like fell in love with this little life inside of me. And I really hadn't experienced a love like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, even in my relationship with Chris, even in my relationship with my family, like I never experienced this love that was so unconditional. And, and I just knew that like, he was relying on me for everything, you know, and I, and I didn't even know it was a boy. I just knew that this life was relying on me for everything, including choosing him. Wow. That's really powerful and really beautiful. At what point did Chris decide that he also wanted to have the baby? Was that something you decided together? And 
against all odds and against all opposition? Yeah. So my mom had set up that appointment for me. I stood her up. I never went to the appointment. Um, I told Chris about it. I told him that my mom had set this appointment up. And, and now at this point we were talking, Chris and I here and there, he was doing his own thing, but he was touching base with me at this point, at least. And, um, you know, calling to see how I was also at around the same time, um, I had an ultrasound coming up. So I invited my mom. Chris was not there yet. He had not come, but I invited my mom and I just said, mom, I just want you to come because they're saying the baby's really small. And, and she agreed, which was surprising after where she had just stood. I think she realized when I stood her up that she was not, I was going to keep this baby. Yeah. The ultrasound, I know what I've read in your story, it changed virtually everything when you and your mom went. Is that correct? It really did. It changed everything. Um, You know, we saw this life on the screen and and the doctor was saying, you know, you're a little small. I know you've been really sick. You're really underweight, uh, malnourished, even low iron. So when my mom heard those things, I think her mother's heart just kicked in and she was like, okay, you need to come home. So I did. I went home. Um, so at this point now I have my mom's support. Uh, she realizes I'm keeping this baby. So she starts to even tell people that she's going to be a grandmother. She starts to even buy things for this baby, um, starts to get me back into a better shape of, of living. And Chris is still gone at this point. Um, one day there was a knock at the door. I was about seven months pregnant and it was him. And um, he just was like, I'm so sorry. And he cried and we hugged. And And to be honest with you, I think it was so easy for me to forgive him. And I don't want to say that in the sense of like, oh, it was so easy for me to forgive him in the sense that it hasn't caused like things that we've even come have come up in our lives now. But what I'm saying is I kind of had a compassion on him because had if I could have walked away from the situation myself, I would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's something to highlight is that this whole process for you, none of it was easy. Um, but that, you know, that mother's instinct was so strong in you and, um, you know, your ability to, you know, choose life for your son and to pursue what was best for him, um, is really remarkable. And, you know, we're thankful that you'd be willing to tell us more about that. You also said your pregnancy itself was very difficult. Was that due to the fact that for so long in the beginning you were, um, malnourished and, you know, under so much stress or what were you experiencing some other difficulties? I think that, um, I was so young that my body was almost like rejecting the pregnancy. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's almost what the doctor chalked it up to. Um, I just was not holding down food. I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't literally move, like physically move and get out of bed or get out of couch. I should say until like Mm -hmm. one o'clock every day, I was so, so sick and just throwing up. And I knew that if I moved before a certain time that I was going to throw up. So they prescribed me morning sickness medication that worked for a couple of weeks, but then I started throwing that up as well. Mm. Um, I do think stress played a huge role, a huge part of it. Um, I also, my, I did not feel good about myself at all. Like I had said, I got really bad pregnancy acne and I just felt like I was damaged goods. Like I just felt like no one was ever going to look at me. Like I was pretty, I was just like this, I was a mess, you know? Um, mm. Towards the end of my pregnancy, I got really sick again too. Even after Chris had come back, I got toxemia high blood pressure. I was on bed rest for quite some time. Then when I finally did um, deliver the baby, I actually lost a ton of blood. I started hemorrhaging. Um, I had to get blood transfusions. So it was, it was a very scary process. I was only 15. I was a little girl. You know, I look at my kids now, my daughter's 20 and I can't even imagine her with a baby, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Yeah. And Shannon, I know one thing that you have said in your writing is that your son actually saved you. So everything that you've gone through that you told us you went through with the pregnancy and your relationships with your mom and your boyfriend at the time, yet you had a little boy who you say saved you. Tell, tell us what that means. I think that Cristiano introduced me to a love that I never, ever knew was possible. Um, the bond that we shared, just, you know, living for somebody like, I guess that's one thing I have a hard time with even now in, in my interaction with my mom is, you know, just not understanding why. And sometimes I feel like, why wasn't I enough, you know, to get you to shape off or to get you to, and I understand addiction's a real thing and, and she struggled and I know that she loved me the best that she could. But for me, when I had my son, it just motivated me and gave me like a hope that there was something better. Like there was a better life out there than the one I had lived that I had been introduced to. Um, I was following along in my mom's footsteps, you know, I'm, I'm living with this boy boyfriend and I'm, you know, if we're not living together, we're sleeping at each other's houses every night. We're partying, we're, you know, drinking, I'm, I'm drinking more before I'm, you know, of age than after age. It was just, I was following down that very same road. And when I got pregnant, everything just changed for me. It shifted, you know? I think that is so beautiful and something that, you know, most mothers can relate to the, that when you find out you're having a child at any age, it really does change your entire perspective. And so it's beautiful to hear of, even as such a young girl, um, the impact of becoming a mom, um, Mm -hmm. the, the, the beautiful change that it had on you. So tell us about when Christiana was born. Um, so when he was born, I did suffer from pretty bad postpartum. I know that postpartum is different for everybody. For me, it was like almost like I became obsessed with my child and caring for him and like everything else just took a backseat. Like I'm talking even showering. Yeah. And what I have realized through years of, you know, therapy and getting to know God and getting to know myself is that I was so deathly afraid that somebody was going to challenge me as a 15 year old mom and like mm. take my son from me. I was so protective of that. And, you know, cause doctors would make comments and people would say things like you're 15. Like, do you, does your son have what he needs? Like, you know, and I'm like, I, it was, I didn't even want anyone else to hold him. I just held him and stared at him. I even breastfed him at 15. I just did not want anyone else around. And then one day, Chris, like literally, I'm not kidding. You picked me up and threw me in the shower with my clothes on. Mm -hmm. It was like two weeks. And he was like, you need to shower. And um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, the shower changed my life. It kind of snapped me out of whatever I was in. But (laughs) so I know the circumstances couldn't have been easy. You have a a baby. You're you're a baby baby. yourself. Yeah. At the time. And so is Chris. What? What was your life like? Because we don't want to paint a wonderful picture. Obviously, you haven't in this side, but what was your day to day? You still had school. He, your your boyfriend still had school. You had a young life to fulfill while you have this baby um, at the same time. So what did it look like then, Shannon? Um, it was pretty hard, pretty awful. Um, Chris decided to stay in school. I decided to drop out. I start, I dropped out and I stayed home with the baby. I wasn't even old enough to get my GED and I'm pretty sure it was illegal for me to drop out, but no one did, no one pressed charges <laughs> on me. Um, so I dropped out to stay with the baby. Chris was going to school and literally leaving school and going right to work. He was working at D'Angelo's at the time and he worked a ton and that made me emotional. And I felt like we were really disconnecting again. And 
And I fought for many years thinking like, oh, he's only with me because we have a child together. Like he chose the child, he didn't choose me. Mm. Um, you know, we we had to battle that a lot in the beginning. And, and we just, our communication was terrible because again, just because we had a baby didn't make us adults, you know? Right. So we're just, we were, we were a hot mess of a couple for a very, very long time, even to the point where, um, you know, fast forward when I'm 18, I I marry him and this is how the proposal went. Like we're laying in bed one night and he's like, you know, we should probably get married. I'm like, yeah, you know, we've tried everything else. Nothing works. So let's, (laughs) let's just get married. And he literally said that he married me because if we got divorced, it would really be over because I'm telling you, we broke up every other week, you know? Wow. Wow. So you did marry and you had some other children and tell us, tell us a little bit more about from that point to when you actually lost this boy that you struggled so hard to keep. Give us a little bit of the snapshot of this part of your life. So we got married when I turned 18, um, against my mom's will. Again, she was fighting that with everything in her. She's like, you're too young to get married. This is crazy. You know, you have your whole life ahead of you. I don't think she ever thought that Chris and I would really make it, Mm -hmm. which I can understand why. Again, we fought a lot. And, um, so we did get married and then we decided to move to Rhode Island. We grew up on Cape Cod. Um, all of our friends were there and meaning all of our friends were there. All of our haters were there. All, Mm -hmm. everybody we had history with everybody Mm -hmm. we had broken up. I'm breaking up with you. I'm going to go date this guy. I'm breaking up with you. I'm going to go date this girl. You know, like there was just so much baggage around surrounding us. So we said, we need to do something. He had a family member who owned an apartment in Rhode Island. And we're like, okay, we're going to do this. Now, by this time I had found out I was pregnant with baby number two. Um, We literally packed a truck up, a U-Haul, not even a U-Haul, a pickup truck, his stepfather's (laughs) pickup truck. And we put all of our boxes in it and we got there in one trip. Uh, We moved to Rhode Island into like a tenement apartment. We slept on the floor on a futon mattress for almost a year while I was pregnant. That was lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, we then had literally our daughter and then 13 months later we had our other child. So when I was four months, when my daughter was four months old, we found out we were pregnant with baby number three. Wow. So we're just having kids left and right. Yep. We ended up with four. I had four kids by 23 years old. Um, I threw myself into mothering marriage for me was secondary to mothering. Um, I've always said personally for me, momming is way easier than wifing. Wifing is still a challenge for me to this day. Um, anyway, I, yeah, I 23 with four kids, loved being a mom, loved being, um, a caretaker for them, just felt needed, felt loved. I had a little girl, she was my second and a little, having a little girl just completely transformed me into the woman, like, that I am now, I just, I knew that there'd be somebody watching me and somebody looking up mm. to me. And I just wanted her to never look at me the way I looked at my mom, you know? Mm. Love that. So you had um, Cristiano and then you had a daughter and then your other two children? Other two boys, Cristiano, Gabriella, when Cristiano was four, um, Gabriella was 13 months when we had Brian and then Brian was two and a half when we had Nathaniel. So we've got three boys and we've got one girl. So when I was 19 years old, this is after we have two children, Chris's aunt and uncle who own the house we live in are begging us to go to church. 
And I'm like, I am not going to church. Now, Mm -hmm. I did not even believe in God growing up. I, my life was so challenging and so dysfunctional that I was like, there's no way there's a God because if there was, he would never allow a child to go through all I've been through, you know? So she was begging us and begging us to go to church. And then finally I said, okay, we're going to go one day. We'll go on Easter. You know, the day everybody goes. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Perfect time to go. (laughs) So we walked into church and I literally don't know why. Well, I knew I didn't know why I just started sobbing. Like there was just something in the atmosphere that I was like, what is this? What is this feeling? Mm -hmm. So I walk up and we get seats up in the front because someone ushered us up there and I'm listening to the pastor speak and I'm just crying through the entire service because it's like, like he's reading a love letter that God wrote for me. Like everything I needed to hear was finally being said to me. And they did something called an altar call. They said, do you want to give your life to Christ? And I was like, yes, I do. And I did. And I have never looked back. And I think for me, I have to say, like, I think that's why I was able to even raise my kids or do anything. Thing because without God, I don't think I would have ever been able to, to do any of that, you know? You know what I love about your story, Shannon? Not just the challenges and the challenges at a young age and then the challenges later in life, but the fact that God appointed a moment in time that he revealed himself to you, that he said, I love you. Yeah. No matter what, I love you. I love you more than you've ever known how to be loved. And I think, you know, in in the stories that we tell, we want to make sure that everyone understands that that's true of all of us, no matter what we're going through, no matter what challenges we're facing, that God loves us at every moment in time that we're experiencing and every heartache. And even though you didn't know him when you were young and facing these challenges, he knew you, Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a beautiful thing and it's not about performance. It's not about doing everything right. Cause I did so much wrong. And, and even if I had made the choice to not, you know, not keep my child, like that is how much God loves me, how much he loves everyone, how much he loves each and every one of us is that there's no place, there's no darkness, there's no sin, there's no anything that we can do that is not redeemable by this love that he offers, you know? That's right. Now I'm curious, did Chris also come to faith in that service or sometime thereafter? Um, Chris had a one-year experience with God when he was a kid. Um, His parents went to a church and they started living for God for one year um, to the extreme. Like they got rid of their TV. I'm like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, like a year later, they were like back to their normal selves. But um, he had always talked to me about that. He was always like, that was the best year of my life. Like I believe in God. And he would try to talk to me about God because he had a belief in God at least. And, um, and I just was like, you're talking to the wrong girl. Like that's Mm -hmm. not going to work. And, um, so when I gave my life to God, he, he came with me, like, yes, he followed suit, but I believe that he did have a personal relationship with God prior to that. And I do believe that it was partly because of him, why I came to know God, you know? Yeah. I yeah, love that. that's beautiful. I, I think as a couple, you know, when you can kind of lean on each other's faith, then that is part of what will lead to ultimate healing in your relationship and in your marriage. Did you find that to be true? That um, when you started walking with God, you found some of those past hurts and even dysfunction in your marriage, you were able to start working on those things? Absolutely. It was like, 
it was just life-changing for us because I had no idea how to be a wife because I had never seen my mom be a wife. Um, I had no idea how to be really anything. And I'm, and I'm not kidding. Like I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to clean. I mean, I have some cooking horror stories. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, um, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I literally, I, and it was like, it was like, God is just such a practical God. You know, it's like, I think that we complicate him so much, but he literally was willing to show me the ropes and that's what he did. Like, I just, you know, would give things to him and be like, God, you know, like, this is what I'm struggling with today. And I would just talk to him. And it was like, I never had that before. I never had a parent that I could talk to and just be like, he, you know, Chris is driving me crazy for A, B, and C and for God to Mm -hmm. just like bring his peace on me and just, you know, again, show me how to forgive and show me how to let go and show me how to, yes, not be dysfunctional and to not. And again, I have not been perfect in any of this. Please let me tell you. Um, I still, to this day, like I, you know, I lose my cool, (laughs) you know, I'm not perfect, but what I'm saying is he just showed me a whole new world, like a whole new way of life. One thing that I think most people would think about is, okay, you decided to have this son at a very young age. Um, you were a baby having a baby. You lived this life. Why lose him later in life? Why would God choose to take him home? How did you deal with that? Um, I think I'm still dealing with it and I always will be. Um, my husband has always said to me, you know, from the very beginning, he said, you know, once we, there's a, there's a, so many processes to grief. So obviously there's that, that shock and there's anger and there's just all sorts of stuff. But my husband said, if God came to us and said, you can only have this boy for 18 years, do you still want him? And we would say yes, every single time, you know, um, he added so much to my life. He changed my life. He showed me a love that I've never known. And I do believe that he was the foundation for Chris and I's you know, restoration. He was the foundation for our future. He was the foundation of our family. And I truly believe that he's was the foundation that led us to Christ because I just think if had I had I chosen differently, had I, you know, walked away from this baby, walked away from Chris, walked away from um the relationship, like I I don't believe that I would have ended up the way that I was. Yeah. And I just really appreciate you being willing to share that part of it, because that is a common question and there's nothing wrong with asking that question, you know, um, even experiencing significant periods of doubt in your faith when difficult times come. But, you know, at here at the Grit and Grace Project, we are women who have come to find that there is no challenge that we experience in this life, no trial, no difficulty, um, that cannot be, you know, traveled through because of the God who walks with us. Absolutely. And regarding our son, um, the last year of his life was extremely difficult as parents. He was very intellectual, very, very intelligent, a thinker, a deep thinker. Um, So now when we walked into the church doors at four years old, he took the word and ran with it. Like he was always the kid that the teacher was saying, oh my gosh, he knows every scripture. He knows, like he was like a sponge eating up the word of God. And to the point where they would be like, let somebody else answer, you know? So mm-hmm. we, and, and he served on in ministry and he did like everything for the church. Like he was on the drama team. He was in youth ministry. And then all of a sudden his senior year, it was like, and, and this is not something that I've, I've only shared this publicly one other time, but he was really questioning and battling his faith. And he was asking me lots of questions that I did not know the answer to. Mm-hmm. 
And instead of being comfortable saying to him, I don't know the answer to that, I would give him Christianese answers. And I would say, well, because God said so, or because this is what we believe, like, and, and I was, I was okay with doing that until I went through the deepest, darkest tragedy in my own life and had to really reevaluate everything I'd ever known about God and everything I'd ever known about theology. And my son's biggest question is, well, if God's real, why is there suffering in the world? Um, we had had a really deep conversation the week before he passed. He called me and he ended up crying and he's like, mom, I haven't walked away from God. I just want God to show himself to me. I just want God to reveal himself to me. I don't understand why there are so many hurting people. And, you know, literally a week later, I became one of those hurting people. And I became one of those people that had to literally question everything and reevaluate everything. And that's another reason I'm grateful for my son, because I can look back and, and I can say, you know, he taught me to not give the Christianese answers. Mm -hmm. He taught me to really go with go to God with the hard things and be like, God, you said this, but this happened and I don't understand why. And it is okay to ask God why. I mean, sometimes why is like chasing the wind, but God's still okay with us asking him. And, you know, again, my theology, everything I had thought about God was rocked. I thought like, you do good. You're a good Christian. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. And I think the church kind of speaks that almost. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, my world was rattled. My world was shattered. It was rocked. But what I've gained in this process is an intimacy with God um, and uh, just the relationship with him that is like, it can be at the bottom and it can be really messy. And he'll let me go through the ringer of the boxing ring with him and he'll let me pull all the punches. Mm -hmm. But he's also with me on those mountaintops. He's with me through it all. And I think that I only knew how to call on God when things were going good. And then now it's like, no, God, you're a part of all of it. The, the nitty, the gritty, the ugly, the broken, the beautiful, all of it. Shannon, and I love that because I think you're right. Sometimes we think as Christians, we can't ask that. And the reality is, why wouldn't we say with all the pain and the heartache and the hurt in this world and in our own lives, God, why? Mm -hmm. Why does it happen? Yeah. It's, it is a completely valid question. We don't always get the answers. Um, right. And that's, I've learned that's okay too. But like you, what I've learned is I know God better than I did when I was 20, 30, 40, mm -hmm. but I probably understand him less where the simple answers I used to apply, yes, I realize aren't real. They're, they're not God as he is. He really is much bigger and grander and I cannot wrap my head around him, but I can wrap my heart around him. Yes, that's so good. Well, Shanna, we are so thankful that you would be willing to share your story at the Grit and Grace Project. Um, I will definitely link in the show notes to the article where you share, you know, more in detail about um, having Cristiano. It's called "This Is Why Choosing Life Was Hard." So make sure to click over in the show notes to get to read um, every single word. You handled that so beautifully, and you and you handled it beautifully here um, on this Grit and Grace Life as well. So we just want to thank you for being willing to share your heart with us. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for what you guys do. Um, it is so vital and so important for women to know that they can have both grit and grace, um, that they can be strong and weak at the very same time. Um, like I said, I'm just, I'm grateful for a place where we can be raw and we can be real because it's not, it's not enough. We don't have enough of it, you know? 
We're right there with you, Shannon. So thank you for being with us today. It has been an honor to hear your story again. Thank you so much. Shannon's is not the only story that you'll find at the Grit and Grace Project in the category Her Story. There are others just as compelling, just as heartfelt. And we hope after listening to this that you'll take a few minutes and go to the website and read some other women that will inspire you just like she did. I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes, but I can't think of a better way to close out this episode than to use Shannon's words herself from her article on the Her Story page. She said, love protects at all costs. Love conquers fear. Love always chooses life. Love wins every single time. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a grit and grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.